Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 1051 FM. All right, back at it on a Monday morning, 1019. All of you driving around out there in Richmond listening worldwide on the free Odyssey app with the rewind button. Uh, tons of fun, tons of NFL football yesterday. Love it when we get, <clears throat> excuse me, I love it when we get good games in the big windows, which uh, we certainly had yesterday uh, with the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Cowboys uh, knocking off the Eagles. A fantastic uh, outcome for them. Chiefs-Bills was a great game. Very well played uh, on both sides. Came down to the finish. Uh, Had one of the great plays in NFL history. Travis Kelsey throwing a lateral for a touchdown. And then... It did not quite work out that way. Kadarius Tony was off sides. The whole thing didn't count. He is off to start a support group with Terry McLaurin, uh, who was whistled for a similar infraction last year on Sunday Night Football against the Giants. Here is Patrick Mahomes after the game. Clip number eight, Josh, uh, weighing in on the Chiefs finish. I mean, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just... To take away greatness like that, I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that, and who knows if we win. As I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game, and that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, it, I mean, they're human, man. They make mistakes, but I mean, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something, and all I can do is go out there and give everything I have, and I'm proud of the guys because that's what we did, and it was a great football game that ended – Another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. All right. Here's the deal. I'm, I'm a Chiefs fan. Uh, I think you guys know that. I'm from Kansas. Uh, that That's the team I ride with. Uh, I ride with uh, Mahomes. I love watching him. Uh, love me some some Travis Kelsey, some Taylor Swift, obviously. I'm a Swifty, so the, the whole thing's a package deal. I go hard for him on Sundays. No. When Patrick Mahomes says the, the refs are human, sometimes they make mistakes. That's true. But they didn't. They didn't make a mistake. The dude was lined up an entire yard offsides. And it's a really bad look 
to whine about this, especially in light of, and there's always a perception, right? The Jordan rule that the stars get the calls and Mahomes gets the calls. And I just feel like we're trained to present every call that influences a game as controversial and somehow like, ah, there were two sides to that. Let's hear from both sides. There weren't two sides to that call. There was one side. There was a guy lined up off sides, which is a penalty. You can't do that. That's against the rules in the NFL. I thought, and this is this is my fault. I thought people would be sane and rational about this. I thought, well, like, not, not sane and rational about being football fans or where the Chiefs are or anything like that. But it's so clearly a penalty. You can't possibly go the other way on this. And then sure enough, there's Mahomes yelling at the ref. There's Mahomes complaining about the refs inserting themselves into the game. It's literally why the referee's standing there, is to call that foul. My man's standing up in front of the football. I, I missed the part where there were two sides to this story, because there weren't. It it negated what would have been absolutely one of the all-time great NFL, you know, end-of-game plays. Probably would have knocked the Bills out of the playoffs, would have lifted the Chiefs back into the conversation for the one seed, would have validated a very good game of football by them. The good area is Tony was off sides, and when you're off sides, that's the penalty, and the play doesn't count. I just I Mike Florio went in on you know, like Mike Florio is a controversial call, and you know Andy Reid was was disappointed in the NFL. Like no, that's not the story here. I must feel bad giving it airtime that side of things. A, a rule was broken, and so they threw the penalty, and the Chiefs lost because of it. That's the end of the story, as far as I'm concerned. Kudos to the Bills. They're still fighting. They're still scrapping. I, I'm not. I think they'll get finished off by the Cowboys this weekend. I do. I got a bad read on things right now, though, because I I told you the one thing I liked was uh, was betting against the Jets this week. And uh, how about that? How about our guy bouncing back, Zach Wilson, having himself a day? Man. Uh, so I got a bad read on this. Maybe maybe the Bills are back. Uh, maybe they will beat the Cowboys this weekend. But it was. It was disappointing to me to hear this be like, it's a controversial, because we've had so many bad calls this season, close calls, long replays. There's been the discussion over the last few weeks, and this is a legitimate discussion, right? Uh, You know, and and some of the national media have led this. We need to fix NFL officiating. And, And that's true. Uh, You need a sky judge. You need to reform replay. Uh, There are a number of things you need to do. You need to hire them full time, have them train in the offseason, build them simulators. These are are problems that can be solved with money. Uh, And the NFL has the money to solve these problems. They can solve their officiating problem. What happened yesterday at the end of the Chiefs-Bills game wasn't a problem. What happened yesterday was a guy lining up offsides and the official throwing a flag and calling him offsides for lining up offsides. Andy Reid says, well, here, here's the Andy Reid clip, uh, what he said after the game. I never use any of this as excuses, but normally I get a warning before something like that happens in a big game. A bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. It's not. It's referees calling the rules and that this muddies the waters because when you get to this discussion, hey, officiating in the NFL needs to be fixed. Hey, what do we do about it? These are good conversations and productive conversations, and I want to have them, but I don't want this thrown on the pile. Adam Schefter tweeted right after, ooh, and another controversial moment for NFL officials. It wasn't. The dude lined up off sides. Did you see the video? He's a foot off sides. It, 
there's no confusion. You don't get a warning on that. You get a warning if you're inching closer, right? You get a warning if your right tackle gets fidgety and jumps before the snap on every play, which the Chiefs do, by the way. You don't get a warning for that. Dude's lined up a foot off sides. It's the the Ravens and the Chiefs are are in similar spots here, right? The Chiefs have just an all-time great team that you know, Kadarius Tony and the receivers can't get out of their way late in games. You know, they should have three more wins than they have now. The Ravens, you saw the stat yesterday during the Ravens game. They've had the lead with less than two minutes to go in every game they've played this season, which is which is insane to to have the record they have to 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 have three losses in that situation. You you got you got two good teams that have had some bad things happen to them. I I think in the Chiefs' case, it's much more self-inflicted. And don't look now, Chiefs are uh, Chiefs only have one game on the Broncos. Chiefs are only one game up on our our boy Russell Wilson. Russ could make a run at this and claim the AFC West. That is not unthinkable at this juncture. If the Broncos can can bring it home and they they beat the Chargers 24-7 yesterday, they they got the Patriots, they got the Raiders down the stretch, they got a big one this week against the Lions. We got a great slate this week. Can't wait to get to this week's slate. They got a chance. Imagine Russell Wilson taking Patrick Mahomes' crown. Things things aren't bad in Kansas City in the sense that you still have Patrick Mahomes, but for a long time, you let him cover over all your problems, and now your problems are bigger than Patrick Mahomes, and you got to do something about that. You know, I I was chatting with a friend about this a few weeks ago, that the the big danger of the Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey romance was when the Chiefs didn't make the playoffs or when they lost a big game, he was going to get blamed for it. And she was going to get blamed for it, essentially. The other, she's Yoko Ono breaking up the team. Yesterday was like the exact opposite of that. That was like the perfect out for Taylor, right? Her boyfriend like made the greatest play of the season and some other knucklehead lined up offside so it didn't count. Can't, can't take any blame on that one. Uh, my guy Kelsey, uh, he, he did his part for sure. I'll just say though, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's wife, Giselle, she stood up for her man. You remember, my my husband can't throw and catch the ball. Maybe, maybe you need a little of that. Maybe, maybe it's time to drop a single. Just saying, just just a suggestion. All right, VCU basketball, big win yesterday. About time we had some winners around here. Uh post-game comments from Zeb Jackson, Ryan Odom, and more on the other side of this. You're listening to 910 the fan. Not 1051 FM. All right, back at it on a Monday morning, 10-19. All of you driving around out there in Richmond listening worldwide on the free Odyssey app with the rewind button. Uh, tons of fun, tons of NFL football yesterday. Love it when we get, <clears throat> excuse me, love it when we get good games in the big windows, which uh, we certainly had yesterday uh, with the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Cowboys uh, knocking off the Eagles. A fantastic uh, outcome for them. Chiefs-Bills. Uh, was a great game. Very well played uh, on both sides. Came down to the finish. Uh, had one of the great plays in NFL history. Travis Kelsey throwing a lateral for a touchdown. And then it did not quite work out that way. Kadarius Tony was off sides. The whole thing didn't count. He is off to start a support group with Terry McLaurin, uh, who was whistled for a similar infraction last year on Sunday Night Football against the Giants. Here is Patrick Mahomes after the game. Clip number eight, Josh, uh, weighing in on the Chiefs finish. 
I mean, not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that. I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that. And who knows if we win. As I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, don't, it, I mean, they're human, man. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something. And all I can do is go out there and give everything I have. And I'm proud of the guys because that's what we did. And it was a great football game that ended another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. All right. Here's the deal. I'm, I'm a Chiefs fan. Uh, I think you guys know that. I'm from Kansas. Uh, that That's the team I ride with. Uh, I ride with uh, Mahomes. I love watching him. Uh, love me some some Travis Kelsey, some Taylor Swift, obviously. I'm a Swifty, so the, the whole thing's a package deal. I go hard for him on Sundays. No. When Patrick Mahomes says the, the refs are human, sometimes they make mistakes. That's true. But they didn't. They didn't make a mistake. The dude was lined up an entire yard off sides. And it's a really bad look to whine about this, especially in light of... And there's always a perception, right? The Jordan rule that the stars get the calls and Mahomes gets the calls. And I just feel like we're trained to present every call that influences a game as controversial and somehow like, ah, there were two sides to that. Let's hear from both sides. There weren't two sides to that call. There was one side. There was a guy lined up off sides, which is a penalty. You can't do that. That's against the rules in the NFL. I thought, and this is, this is my fault. I thought people would be sane and rational about this. I thought, well, like, not not sane and rational about being football fans or where the Chiefs are or anything like that, but it's so clearly a penalty. You can't possibly go the other way on this, and then sure enough, there's Mahomes yelling at the ref. There's Mahomes complaining about the refs inserting themselves into the game. It's literally why the referee's standing there, is to call that foul. My man's standing up in front of the football. I, I missed the part where there were two sides to this story because there weren't. It it negated what would have been absolutely one of the all-time great NFL, you know, end-of-game plays. Probably would have knocked the Bills out of the playoffs, would have lifted the Chiefs back into the conversation for the one seed, would have validated a very good game of football by them. The good areas, Tony was off sides, and when you're off sides, that's the penalty and the play doesn't count. I just... I. Mike Florio went in on you know, like Mike Florio is a controversial call, and you know Andy Reid was was disappointed in the NFL. Like that, that's not the story here. I must feel bad giving it airtime that side of things. A, a rule was broken, and so they threw the penalty, and the Chiefs lost because of it. That's the end of the story, as far as I'm concerned. Kudos to the Bills; they're still fighting, they're still scrapping. I, I'm not. I think they'll get finished off by the Cowboys this weekend. I do. I got a bad read on things right now, though, because I, I told you the one thing I liked was uh, w- was betting against the Jets this week. And uh, how about that? How about our guy bouncing back, Zach Wilson, having himself a day? Man. Uh, so I got a bad read on this. Maybe, maybe the Bills are back. Uh, maybe they will beat the Cowboys this weekend. But it was, it was disappointing to me to hear this be like, it's a controversy. Because we've had so many bad calls this season close calls, t- long replays. There's been the discussion over the last few weeks, and this is a legitimate discussion, right? Uh, you know, and, and some of the national media have led this. We need to fix NFL officiating. And, and that's true. Uh, you need a sky judge. You need to reform replay. Uh, there are a number of things you need to do. You need to hire them full-time, 
have them train in the offseason, build them simulators. You know, these are pro- these are problems that can be solved with money. Uh, and the NFL has the money to solve these problems. They can solve their officiating problem. What happened yesterday at the end of the Chiefs-Bills game wasn't a problem. What happened yesterday was a guy lining up offsides and the official throwing a flag and calling him offsides for lining up offsides. Andy Reid says, well, here, here's the Andy Reid clip, uh, what he said after the game. I never use any of this as excuses, but normally I get a warning before something like that happens in a big game. A bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. It's not. It's referees calling the rules, and this muddies the waters because when you get to this discussion, hey, officiating in the NFL needs to be fixed. Hey, what do we do about it? These are good conversations and productive conversations, and I want to have them, but I don't want this thrown on the pile. Adam Schefter tweeted right after, ooh, and another controversial moment for NFL officials. It wasn't. The dude lined up off sides. Did you see the video? He's a foot off sides. There's no confusion. You don't get a warning on that. You get a warning if you're inching closer, right? You get a warning if your right tackle gets fidgety and jumps before the snap on every play, which the Chiefs do, by the way. You don't get a warning for that. Dude's lined up a foot off sides. It's the, the Ravens and the Chiefs. Are, are in similar spots here, right? The Chiefs have just an all-time great team that, you know, Kadarius Tony and the receivers can't get out of their way late in games. You know, they should have three more wins than they have now. The Ravens, you saw the stat yesterday during the Ravens game. They've had the lead with less than two minutes to go in every game they've played this season, which is which is insane to, to have the record they have to, to, to have three losses in that situation. You got you got two good teams that have had some bad things happen to them. I, I think in the Chiefs' case, it's much more self-inflicted. And don't look now. Chiefs are uh, Chiefs only have one game on the Broncos. Chiefs are only one game up on our, our boy Russell Wilson. Russ could make a run at this and claim the AFC West. That is not unthinkable at this juncture. If the Broncos can, can bring it home and they, they beat the Chargers 24-7 yesterday... They got uh, they got the Patriots. They got the Raiders down the stretch. They got a big one this week against the Lions. We got a great slate this week. Can't wait to get to this week's slate. They got a chance. Imagine Russell Wilson taking Patrick Mahomes' crown. The things things aren't bad in Kansas City in the sense that you still have Patrick Mahomes, but for a long time you let him cover over all your problems, and now your problems are bigger than Patrick Mahomes, and you got to do something about that. It's you know, I, I was chatting with a friend about this a few weeks ago that the the big danger of the Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey romance was when the Chiefs didn't make the playoffs or when they lost a big game, he was going to get blamed for it. And she was going to get blamed for it, essentially. The other, she's Yoko Ono breaking up the team. Yesterday was like the exact opposite of that. That was like the perfect out for Taylor, right? Her boyfriend like made the greatest play of the season and some other knucklehead lined up offside so it didn't count. Can't, can't take any blame on that one. Uh, my guy Kelsey, uh, he, he did his part for sure. I'll just say, though, Tom, Brady, Tom Brady's wife, Giselle, she stood up for her man. You remember, my, my husband can't throw and catch the ball? Maybe, maybe we need a little of that. Maybe, maybe it's time to drop a single. Just saying. Just, just a suggestion. All right, VCU basketball, big win yesterday. About time we had some winners around here. Uh, Post-game comments from Zeb Jackson, Ryan Odom, and more on the other side of this. You're listening to 910 The Fan.
Now, what a five-one FM. All right, good weekend of winners in college basketball as we get back here, MP on the mic on a Monday morning, uh, December eleventh, two weeks to Christmas. So get shopping, uh, get shopping going, get shopping on. And uh, do people do that anymore? Do people go to the mall anymore? Are there malls anymore? Uh, these are things I I do not know. Uh, no idea. Malls may exist. Mall, malls may not exist. I think in a couple hundred years, we're going to have like museum exhibits that are, you know, maybe like little character, uh, little dioramas of a mall. I don't like, this is what people used to do. All right. Here's the deal. Because <laughs> there's like these dead malls, these ghost malls. I'm yes. going to buy an old mall. We're going to open up a mall theme park. Um, we'll have Ooh. like a, a Hot Topic, a Spencer Gifts, a Claire's. Like we'll have all those things. <laughs> And it's going to be straight. It's it's got to be '90s the whole way through. It's a full commitment to the bit. You will have yes. to check your cell phone at the door. Oh my gosh! If wow. You, if you have a beeper, that would be allowed. You can take your pager in if you want. Sure. If um, you still have one, you can take you take a Polaroid camera in if you want. That's fine. Love it. But no uh, no cell phones in no, the mall. No camera phones. Uh, no you video can get phones. an orange Julius if you want. Nice. Uh, that's fine. Cinnabon was Cinnabon around in the '90s. Or was it still that cinnamon monster place? You know what I'm talking about. I grew up in Wichita, (laughs) Kansas. Uh, We didn't have a Cinnabon in our mall. That doesn't mean other better towns didn't have Cinnabons, though. It's possible. We're we're a little slow on the take. (laughs) Um, We didn't have Cheesecake Factory until I left. After I left in 2007. So we're just we're a little slow on the take. Mm -hmm. Uh, Went to Olive Garden before prom. That's that's the Midwest life. That's yeah. But we're we're gonna open up a mall theme park, and uh, that that's the plan. Mall world, absolutely. You can pay to go to the mall. I'm about it. Yeah, and you can't can't buy anything when you're in there. Uh, but you just you just look. <laughs> you just look at you everything. Just look. You just look. Hang out with your friends. Uh huh. Have fun. You can hold a can of Surge. Absolutely. Surge soda. Well, yeah, you can you can eat in the food court. We'll have a food court for sure. Okay, and we will do like '90s themed restaurants, like the Wendy's when it was still. Uh, yellow and red packaging. With the, the best Wendy's from the '90s those were, were the standalones that had the little sunroom, you oh. know, with the curved glass glass walls. You could like take me there, fry yourself to 200 degrees while you <laughs> ate your uh, <laughs> ate your single with cheese. My grandparents are in their element, just just in a sauna in that sunroom, but I'm sweating. <laughs> Not everybody was built for the Wendy's sunroom. Uh-uh. Not everybody was built for that. Uh, but we got some winners. We got some winners this weekend. Hokies. 7150 over Valparaiso. 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 I always forget. Uh, they're winners, though. Uh, Richmond, we're going to declare them honorary winners. They lost to Florida 87 to 76. That's a really good Gators team. My um, guy, John O'Connor, over at the uh, RTD said it was their best game of the year. Uh, you are 5 and 5 right now, uh, but you love seeing some improvement, love seeing them play a, a major conference team tough. And uh, VCU women tonight uh, are going to open up the Henrico Sports and Events Center out there. Speaking of malls, that's where Virginia Center Com- Common Mall used to be. Now a multi-purpose, uh, you know, uh, arena for basketball, volleyball, all those court sports. Uh, VCU women are going to open that up tonight. They take on Delaware. Tickets still available. Seven o'clock. Go see the building. It's beautiful. Uh, ample parking, as you would expect from a former mall site. Uh, and the A10 Women's Tournament is going to be out there uh, later this year. So I'm sure we will be out there for that but vcu the big story today as the vcu men as they beat alcorn state 86 to 58 
Uh, finally got got some juice here. Got a little uh, three-point shooting juice. Rams shot 17 from 39 behind the arc. That's 44%. Uh, breather, big sigh of relief. Most importantly, Kwani Kwani goes four for six from behind the arc. Uh, look, that who knows if this will translate against Temple or not, but dang, we needed to get that guy on the right side of the ledger. Uh, and Ryan, VCU coach Ryan Odom, showing faith in him, continuing to keep him in the starting lineup, keeping him playing, giving him the minutes, uh, finally pays off against Alcorn State. Here's Ryan Odom after the game on Kwani Kwani. Uh, you know, the story of the night uh, certainly was the ball handling and ability to take care of the ball, uh, but also the shot making. Um, you know, certainly starting out with Kwani. Uh, his teammates, coaches, everybody involved was just so excited for him. Uh, he's had a rough start, you know, to the season. Um, not the not the start that he envisioned for himself. And you know, the cool thing about you know tonight for him or today for him was that he stuck with it. You know, the entire time he's never let that uh, the start kind of crush his spirit, crush his confidence, uh, crush his. Um, you know, uh, willingness to continue to get in the gym and and work. Uh, he stayed with it every single day. And even days where he didn't shoot it well in a game, he's gone back to the BDC and started to shoot after the game. And, um, and so it's a great lesson, you know, certainly for me as a coach and for all of us, you know, it's like you just have to stick with it. And, you know, he certainly has. And uh, eventually... The shots will go down. He's certainly not a 0% shooter, you know, regardless of what had happened tonight. And, uh, you know, for him to see the ball go in the basket and for his teammates to respond the way that they did once the ball did go in the bat, begin to go in the basket for him, that's what being on a team is all about. And uh, it's a pretty cool thing. There you go. There's uh, VCU coach Ryan Odom on Kwani Kwani. So he transferred in from Cal. And I loved it that the opening game. Look, I I did this too. I'm as guilty as anybody. Like, because you 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 hear he's six nine. You're like, okay, he's tall. But you see the stats from Cal is like, ah, my dude can shoot the three. Um, because he shot the three very well at Cal. But then it's different in that first game, right? Like six nine kid goes to shoot a three. You're like, yeah, ooh, okay. And then he misses a bunch of them and. Uh, the Ryan Odom with uh, with with an astute observation there. He, he's not a zero percent shooter. Uh, he had been, but he's not a zero percent shooter. Uh, he stuck with it. He he got one down. And he got one to go. I uh, just it was it was a funny moment there. Right, six nine kid. Let's shoot a three. Uh, let's see what happens. And the fans like, is this six nine kid really going to start shooting threes? But he really can. And uh, if if he if he gets going, that'll be a big asset to them come a 10 time uh good to see him go four for six from behind the arc yesterday maybe maybe catch a little mojo going into a big game saturday against temple a uh, chance to uh chance to knock off one of these big teams show some some growth and development over the past couple weeks uh zeb jackson 18 points led the team he was three for seven behind the arc uh, big day for everybody zeb jackson included uh seven assists as well for zeb who is playing some of his best basketball you know, I thought Jason Nelson would challenge for those ball handling minutes, uh, but it, it's Zeb Jackson's team right now. Shulga's the guy who takes the big shots, but it just feels like Zeb 
is the guy people respond to and the guy who creates the energy. Here are his thoughts uh, after yesterday's win over Alcorn State. Um, <clears throat> I feel like we, we keep doing the same thing. You know, we start off good, and then they, they make their run going into half. And a big emphasis that we were all talking about was um, not, not wanting to feel the same way we felt. All the, all the games we've lost outside of McNeese, obviously. Like, and, I mean, even McNeese. Like, I mean, we've, we've all gone into the half um, where the game wasn't too out of reach, and then we kind of just um, didn't fight through until the end. So we wanted to make sure we played all 40 minutes and just uh, kept being us, kept focusing on a little bit. That was uh, Zeb Jackson uh, after the game. Uh, Zeb Jackson, leading scorer for VCU. He's right, though. Uh, it was it was a little nerve wracking at halftime. Uh, halftime score thirty five to twenty nine. Uh, you know, ra- raise your hand if you were nervous. Yeah, my my hands up. I I felt the nerves. Oh boy, because I had said uh, into the weekend, you know, I I thought twenty was probably a fair line for this. This is the worst team they'll play this year, Alcorn State, and this was this was a chance to get right. And when they go into the half and it's only a six-point margin, little uh, body parts were clenched. We'll say that. Uh, I'm not not ashamed to admit that. Uh, clen- clenched, uh, clenched jaw, clenched other body parts. Uh, I was a little nervous. Uh, 51 spot in the second half. VCU scores 51 points in the second half. Pulls away. Gets a 28-point win. Is 5-5 five and five now overall. Uh, gets a little bit of momentum coming into a week off before a Saturday game against Temple. A big moment for VCU, big moment for Zeb Jackson, Kwani Kwani, that crew. Not that they beat Alcorn State, but that they didn't they didn't mess around. Uh, they they came out in the second half, they took care of business, as they should. No matter where your thoughts are, and I know I've had some people say, uh, you're, you're giving them too much credit, you're too soft on them after the losses, and... I, I was soft on him after the Memphis loss, but but this was a game, regardless of where they stand, regardless of the coaching, they were a significantly better basketball team than Alcorn State. And honestly, this may only be this, the second time we've been able to say that. And I don't know that Seattle's a clear cut either. Seattle had some athletes. This was the first game where they were decisive and clear favorites. Because even going into McNeese, I told you, that's the transfer All-Stars, man. That That's like Space Jam. They put their hand on the on the basketball in the transfer portal. They got they got big. They came out. They played some ball. They beat these guys. This was the first team that was definitively the the inferior opposition. It was great to see them take care of business. We're not in a position to turn down wins uh, around here, and we won't. Uh, Shohei Otani had himself a good weekend too. He was a winner, uh, but the, how he got there uh, was a bit of a journey. We'll dive into that on the other side of this. It's a Monday morning. It's MP on the mic taking you up to noon when AWOD Radio is live from Capital Alehouse. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. All right, I want to play the Shohei Otani uh, airplane clip in a minute because it's great. But before we do, we got poker on the TV in here. Uh, did you put this on, Josh? Was this your, your green yeah. scheme? Yeah, yeah I put this on. Are uh... you into this? Because I'm, I'm into this. I am. I'm it's, so it's into it. It's honestly distracting me to an incredible degree, but, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I keep seeing you look up over there. But he's he's with it, folks. He can multitask. He's Michael Phillips. He can do it all. My guy had a pair of deuces and just bluffed out the pair of queens. What is that? 
fantastic move, but it was a little like it, it hit me in a spot because, you know, I went up, uh, played some cards on Friday. That's right. At the uh, the anniversary celebration up at the MGM poker room. Mm-hmm. I enjoy playing some cards, but I had a, it, it was a, it was a tough finish because like I'm, I'm at the end, like sometimes you play in a tournament, like you play until the tournament ends, mm-hmm. but I was just playing for a little while and they're like, well, I, I got to go home and, you know, get back to living a life. Um, so I'm like, okay, last, last hands. And I'm treading water and which was just fine. Um, it was, it was a good table. I was treading water and I had, I was running a fantastic bluff. Um, I, I didn't have anything, but I, I knew the other person didn't have anything either. Okay. And, uh, I, I get to the end, you get to the last card and I'm like, I, it's 50 bucks to seal the deal here. If I put 50 bucks in the pot, he's done. I get the hundred dollars in the pot. We're gonna finish this day strong, right? But then I chickened out. I'm like, oh no! What if I put the fifty in and he calls or he raises and then I got to fold and now I got to leave here down a hundred bucks? Uh huh. Uh oh. No way. So I chickened out and I didn't do it. <laughs> and sure enough, he, he flops him over. I had I had him the whole time. Had him. Ah, uh, it was to a rights. tough. Fi- it was a tough finish. It was a tough finish to a good day of cards. Got to make those rough calls sometimes. I know I couldn't couldn't pull the trigger on it. It was uh, couldn't do it. Watching I, I, this tournament has definitely shown I, me I'm not a good poker player. I left <laughs> because because of, you can't read the cards or you can't like you play I, other people. That's mostly it's a combination of okay. the two: reading reading future mm-hmm. plays and trying to read my opponents, what's happening over there. Here's the best poker advice I ever got. There's only two numbers you need to know, right? You're holding your cards, Mm -hmm. and when you're betting against the other person, you need to know, how much do I need to bet to keep them in, Mm -hmm. and how much do I need to bet to get them out? Mm. If if you're winning, how much do you bet to keep them in so they keep dispensing their money to you? Mm -hmm. If if you're running a bluff, which you, you should not do, if you you should be very practiced before you attempt that. Yes. Even I even I got cold feet. Didn't did not did not run my big bluff. I can't do it. I don't have the cojones. Yes. How much money <laughs> do you need to put in to get them out? Right. Which in this case was fifty bucks. Scare them off. Just scare them off. Yeah. So much that like, oh, okay. He I got, means business. He means He's business. Here to I play. got. I got a bail. Yeah. Yeah. It. You know. It's it's fun to be fun to be on the felt though. I like it. Yeah. You know, fun fun to feel the maybe maybe we'll get a poker night going here. I bet Ooh. AY can play right. I, I I doubt he can't. He just seems like a very game savvy fella. You know? I, I I don't think we could introduce Awad to a card game that he he wouldn't take to. Uh, that, that that would, that would be my read on that. He'll be at Capital sure. Alehouse today. Yeah, uh, from uh, noon noon to three doing his show. Uh, the other back. thing I did was I checked in on the Capitals up in D.C. Yes, indeed. A uh, rough day yesterday. Okay, here's the because and Awad's talked about this too. The only thing that matters is getting Alex Ovechkin to Wayne Gretzky's record for most goals scored. We got to do it. Ovechkin has now gone 10 games without a goal. That's the longest stretch of his career, tied for the longest stretch of his career. Mm-hmm. He's on pace for 16 goals this season, and yeah. he needs 40 this year. Got to get that number up To fast. keep the pressure on Gretzky. Correct. So, so this is not great. Uh, I fear, I was talking with some folks up there uh, at the mm-hmm. game, the fear is if he's if he finishes this season that far off, if he puts up a twenty this year, it's four years to get to Gretzky. He can't commit to that, and the team can't commit to that. He's just mm-hmm. gonna throw in the towel. Exactly. It's he's just not still happen. maybe my favorite athlete I've ever seen play live. Sure. Incredible. Oh my god. Doesn't diminish that in any way. But we're kind of nearing this moment of truth here of like, uh oh, 
does he need to take a step back? Does he need to yeah. throw in the towel and concede this isn't going to happen and go play as you're in the Russian League or whatever he's going to do on the way out? Become right. Yamir Yager, keep playing until he's 70? Um, <laughs> he Yamir, probably could. Yamir Yager was part of the famous Penguins teams with Mario Lemieux. Do okay. any of these names ring any bells for you? <laughs> they don't. I mean, Full the Penguins, zero. yeah, of course. Uh, but. He's still playing. Uh, let, let me look up his age because it's incredible. He's now He's in like... Czechoslovakian B League. He's <laughs> right. 51 years old. 51. And he is committed to another season with the Ritri Cladano Knights. I apologize to all the Czechs out there for butchering that that badly. <laughs> uh, that's his hometown team in the Czech Republic. Uh, he's been playing there since 2018 when he left the, the NHL at age 47. Wow. And so he's a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. but you can't go into the Hall of Fame until you quit playing. Right. And he just has never quit playing. He's just going to play hockey the rest of his life. A sport that is notoriously hard to play as you get older. He just said it'll happen when it happens. It's I like guess. a football player <laughs> playing at 51. It's just yeah. it's wild. Unheard of. All right. Shohei Otani, the rumor on uh, is on Saturday he's going to sign with the Toronto Blue Jays. And then somebody else puts out a rumor and MLB Network r- r- broadcasts Shohei Otani is on a plane to Toronto. The plane lands in Toronto. This is air traffic control in Toronto. November 616, Romeo Hotel, ground hello. Uh, very warm welcome to uh, everybody that may or may not be on board to Toronto. Or welcome in. Taxi via Juliet Tequila. That's uh, anybody who may or may not be on board. He was not on board. Uh, Shark Tank's Robert Hershevek was on board <laughs> and got the surprise of his life when he walked out to adoring throngs of people hoping to see Shohei Otani. Now, he's a star. He's on he's on Shark Tank. He's a sure. celebrity. This had to have been the most disappointed an entire city was to see him at any point in his life. Otani wasn't on a plane. He signed with the Dodgers $700 million. That's crazy. Over 10 years. That's crazy. It's an unfathomable amount of money. I was just saying, it's the second 29-year-old within a week that got offered a John Rom got paid. That's right. And Otani didn't even have to sell out to the uh, to the Saudis to do it. No, yeah. no yeah. he didn't. No, no blood money there. He can stay here in the States. Yes, he can. He'd live in that L.A. life. All right. Hour number two on tap. Back after this, you're listening to 910 The Fan. Now 105.1 FM. Hour number two, MP on the mic, coming at you live, 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM, worldwide on the free Odyssey app with the Rewind, and spread the good word on all major podcast platforms. Uh, Shout out to our friends at the Dominion Energy Charity Classic Golf Tournament. Uh, They were named the Player's Choice for Best Champions Tour Tournament in the past year. That is the fourth time... They've received that award since the tournament began in 2016. Uh, Always a tremendous weekend out there. Uh, The players voting at their favorite for the fourth time tells you everything you need to know uh, about that crew and the great work they do uh, and the the hard work that goes into that tournament from so many different people. Uh, I think we're only like three years away from Tiger being senior tour eligible. Let's, uh, Let's get him out to Richmond. Let's do it. Little uh, little Tiger Woods. I'm I'm in. I'm game. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, college football this weekend. Army Navy game. What a great Army Navy finish with them just pushing each other on the goal line uh, for Navy to Navy was denied scoring their final touchdown. Uh, Army takes the safety, walks it off, and wins it. 
I just like, I mean, what a classic Army-Navy game there. Just get two sides in the trenches, pushing each other back and forth. Uh, fantastic finish. Congrats to Army on their win in the rivalry series. But after the game, uh, the Dudley Award was given out on CBS 6 by our guy Lane Casadante. I'm a Dudley voter. Uh, the two awards, the Dudley and the Lanier, are for the best college football players in the state of Virginia in the past year. That's the criteria uh, the voting panel gets together. And this was this was a really tricky year. Uh, Gary Hess and I talked about this extensively. He's a voter. Uh, we had Lane on. He talked about this. David Teal, also a voter, another guy who, who spent a lot of time on this. Because the, the Dudley used to be kind of ceremonial in the sense that Tech and UVA had the best kids every year, so you just figure out which one of those teams had the better player, give him the award, right? A lot of years it was Tech because Tech was better. Uh, UVA, of course, had the Chris Long year. Uh, a lot, you know, They've had great players coming through there. Bryce Perkins was a winner, obviously. Uh, the one hook is the Dudley is not – this isn't the Heisman where you're just given a blank sheet of paper and told to write down a name. Each school is allowed to nominate one player. So you, you don't have any cross-school contamination, right? You don't have two great tech players who split the vote and end up not winning it. So each school's allowed to nominate one player. In the Frank Beamer era, the Hokies at Beamer's policy was he only nominated seniors. He didn't nominate underclassmen. And so the Dudley Award, which has, I mean, the names of everybody who's come through here, who's anybody who's played football in Virginia, is missing one key name, Michael Vick, who was never a senior at Virginia Tech and thus was never nominated by Frank Beamer to win the Dudley Award. But this year was fascinating because for the first time, it, you know, not the first time we've been building towards this, but it's not just Tech and UVA anymore. There's so many good schools out there. Liberty ran the table. JMU had a great season. Uh, Richmond and William & Mary both had really strong seasons at the FCS level, some nice wins. And so the three Dudley finalists were Jalen Green, the James Madison defensive end, and he missed the final three games with an injury. And so, you know, did, did that count against him? Malik Washington, a UVA, who put up crazy good numbers, but UVA as a team wasn't all that great this year. Uh, and Caden Salter, a Liberty. He had both. He had the numbers. He had the team success. But they didn't play anybody, Paul. They didn't play anybody. Their strength of schedule was worse than all of Division One, And so... The Dudley was given out, and the winner was Jalen Green of JMU. Here is Jalen Green uh, accepting the award from Lane Casadante on the broadcast Saturday night. You know, it's just a huge honor to be recognized and mentioned with, you know, some of the guys, some of the winners from the previous past. And, um, you know, it's just a huge honor and something, you know, I'm going to tell my kids about one day. So I read this book about goal setting, and every day in the morning before bed, I write out my goals, and my goal on that goal was defensive player of the year for the Sun Belt and first team All American. So, um, you know, I I had high expectations coming into the season. He uh, he met those fifteen and a half sacks, second in Division One in only nine games. Dude was a tear. I said I'd, I'd reveal my vote uh, this this week on the program, and I did vote for Jalen Green. I think he did in nine games what would have been good enough to get him the award in 12 games. And that was a distinguishing factor for me. And uh, I was nothing against the other candidates. I actually had 
Basil Tootin of Virginia Tech on, on my three-person ballot as well. I gave him a vote uh, instead of Malik Washington. No disrespect to the Malik Washington voters. He's fantastic. His numbers are fantastic. Uh, UVA not the little, little traditional receivers. Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, we saw him with the Eagles yesterday making a catch. Uh, they've, they've had great players roll through there. It was tough for me to give them the award given the season they had there in Charlottesville uh, and, and given the season they had at JMU. They were undefeated with Jalen Green in the lineup. He helped them run the table, put them on the map, gave us gave us some content for a few weeks there as the attorney general threatened a lawsuit, then backed off a lawsuit. Uh, and now, now he's working on this Joe Bama still situation. Right, A's. This dude, this dude loves being where a microphone is, right? Like people are mad about JMU. I also am mad about JMU and will pursue legal action. Except I, I won't. I also am mad about Joe Bamisil. All right, do something. Do something. This is the second one. Do something. Uh, but Jalen Green, your winner from JMU, uh, very well deserving. That that was my vote, and uh, my my uh, second place vote was for Basil Tootin, who did not make the finalist cut. Uh, my third place vote was for Caden Salter, the Liberty quarterback, because you can't ignore what he's done. And you know, if you vote after the Fiesta Bowl, this could be a totally different vote, right? Like if he hangs with Oregon, I, I don't see how. But if he does, and Dude, I've been naysaying on Liberty all year. Uh, if they find a way to get it done, uh, certainly uh, in retrospect, uh, may, may be some regret on the part of the voters. Uh, 833-804-0910 is the line if you want to weigh in. The Lanier was uh, another exciting one uh, between Virginia Union's running back Jada Byers, who won last year. Uh, Lanier's the small school award. Jada Byers over at Union did not have the numbers he had last year, but Union was better this year. They made the playoffs for the first time in two decades. He was a big part of that. Ran off making quarterback Drew Campanelli, uh, who led led his team to the NCAA semis where they lost on Saturday, but obviously another great season up in Ashland. Uh, I did vote for, for, the, uh, for the jacket for Drew Campanelli, and uh, he was the winner of the Lanier Award, so congrats to him uh, as we... Uh, pay tribute to the best of college football from the past year, uh, the Dudley and Lanier Awards. Did you see that Bronco Mendenhall's back? Bronco Mendenhall, uh, former UVA coach, has, has laid low for a couple of years, is now back. He'll be coaching New Mexico next year. Uh, get him back on the college football uh, bandwagon. That's that's a what if. It is what if he had hung around? Because he he did not leave the cupboard bare. He, he was humming, and he was rolling a little bit. And if UVA had stuck with him, I think UVA's bowling this year, and I think there's a case to be made that they beat Virginia Tech this year. That's a what-if road that we'll never go down, obviously. That's a what-if that we're not going to get any resolution on anytime soon. But it's it's one that, that sticks with you because he was a good coach. He had things humming up there in Charlottesville. Uh, just uh, you know, stepped aside. I don't know that anybody fully knows because you talk to people who know, right, and you're like, Sometimes a few weeks later, like, word will get around, like, yeah, the athletic director ran him out. Like, you know, she's tired of, tired of only winning seven games, had to get him out of there. You never heard that, though. And you always heard from his side that he was just ready for a break. And uh, we don't know what those discussions were, what that looked like. But it, it's, it's a heck of a what if. What if he had hung around for the last couple of years during a time when Tech was in big-time transition as well, we'll step aside. Big NFL day yesterday. Lots to catch up on there. We will do that on the other side of this break. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 